Thank you for listening to this message from the pulpit of New Grace Baptist Church in Roanoke, Virginia. We hope the message you are about to hear is a blessing to you and your family. What I'd like for you to do now is turn in your Bible, and in a minute we're going to look at Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13, and we're going to see a very, very familiar passage of Scripture that I, that I hope will be uh, challenging to us all today. You know, I've had some pastors lately tell me it just doesn't seem like it, God is calling people to the mission field anymore. I know of a pastor in North Carolina that told me, he said, our church for years has had a goal of sending out people from our own church. And though we've tried and though we've invested in young people and though we've had missions trips and though we've prayed for it, our church has never sent a couple out, or a person out from our own church to the mission field. I hear people say missions is dying. Our church in, in Sebring that we attend, uh, English church of course, the church we attend in Sebring, I'm on the missions committee. And we worked really, really hard, and a lot of the older people on the missions committee said to me, how can we make people excited about missions? Nobody wants to come to the missions conference anymore. And they had special services. Uh, they tried everything. They said, we're going to have free dinners every night. We're going to have a carnival for the kids on the Saturday. We're going to do all these things to try to get the people to come to the missions conference, because how can we get them excited about missions if they're not even there to hear about it? So we put all this work into this big missions conference, and sadly, it was very, very poorly attended. We tried it and tried again several other years. We tried different things in different formats, and who came? The older people that were excited about missions, but they said, we just can't get our children and our young people excited about missions anymore. And that led me to think, what is going on? How come we don't hear about tons of people being called to the mission field anymore? Baptist Mid Missions, our mission agency, when Debbie and I joined, had nearly 2,000 missionaries. I think now, I, I, I'm not 100% sure, but I think now there's only 300 active missionary families with Baptist Mid Missions, down from 2,000. Other mission agencies like ABWE, uh, some of the others that you've heard about, ABWE is who the Fogs were with, uh, and, and, um, and the largest, some others, their, their numbers are dwindling. There are some mission agencies that are still, still going pretty well, but why is it? And it seems like we just don't hear from God anymore. You remember a few years ago there was a, a TV commercial, I think it was for Verizon Cellular, or one of these cellular phone companies, and the guy was walking around, he was going, can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? You remember those commercials? Can you hear me now? Well, it seems almost like today that pastors and mission agencies and missionaries we're all out there saying we need more help we need people but it doesn't seem like God's calling people anymore why is that well it got me thinking what is the problem do you ever have a hard time hearing I gotta be honest with you I have kind of a soft voice it's very very frustrating to me sometimes I've gotten up in a church and I've been speaking and uh, I'll feel like, man, this is going great. The Holy Spirit's moving. And, and then I'll, I'll pray and I'll finish. And then I'll have some older folks come up to me afterwards and they say, wow, it was so good to have you here today. I, it must have been a great message. I couldn't hear a word you said, but thank you for being here today. And oh, I want to, you know, I want to pound my hands on, on my chest and say, oh, they didn't hear me. Another problem I have is because of my voice, I've always hated this and, uh, it's just the voice God gave me. But I get accused of being a woman all the time. 
So I don't like going through drive-thrus. I hate drive-thrus. Before the pandemic, I refused to go through a drive-thru. I never went through a drive-thru for 20-some years. Pandemic came, they closed the inside, so I'd go to the drive-thru. And so usually when I pull up, I'll say, yes, I'd like, you know, this, 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 and this drink. And then, and then they always say, will that be all, ma'am? So then I pull up, yes, I'd like two Big Macs. And then they, they still, you know, trying to make sure I don't get called a ma'am or a lady, you know. So I hate drive-throughs. I can't tell you how many times I've, uh, I've called and uh, I've been called and I answer the phone and the person says, could I speak to the man of the house? Or, hello, ma'am, how are you? And I'm like, I am the man of the house. And so it's a little bit, it's a little bit frustrating when people can't hear us and they, and they don't hear us well. My dad, some of you know, uh, my dad, Junior Poe, he just finally last year got hearing aids, praise the Lord. And so uh, uh, he still has selective hearing that he struggles with. He, he doesn't always choose to hear everything. But he finally has his hearing aids. And it was almost a joke because at our house I would hear my mom say something from the kitchen. My dad doesn't respond at all. He's clueless that she even spoke. And then she'll say, Junior! And he jumps like this. And he finally got the hearing aids because we were all frustrated. She was frustrated. He was frustrated that they, he couldn't hear well. Well, it seems like in the world we live today, we get frustrated when we can't hear things. We get frustrated when people don't hear us well. But why is it that we don't seem to hear from God? Why don't we hear from Him? If you think about it, uh, in the Bible, it's, the Bible's full of examples of where people heard from God. Uh, Adam and Eve heard from God in the, Eve, in, in the garden. Moses in the burning bush. Uh, people heard different things. You know, I heard the story once of a man, I wrote his name down here, um, Daniel Kish. Daniel Kish was born blind. And, uh, well, I'm sorry, he was born with sight, but when he was two years old, he got a cancer in his eyes. He had to have his eyes removed. So he, he, was, he was basically blind from the time he was an infant. He learned this amazing, I'll call it trick. He figured out, because he couldn't see, that he could hone and really fine-tune his hearing. And so he began to learn a little trick. He made a loud clicking sound, and he would make this clicking sound, and as the sound would echo back off of things, he learned to process that in his brain, and he said he could see with sound. He got so good at it, he began to teach other people to do it. He continued to practice and practice, and he got so he could walk around in the everyday world as if he had sight by making this clicking sound. He always wanted to ride a bike, so he learned to ride a bike, a mountain bike, at full speed, going on mountain trails, over stumps, around bends, on gravel trails. He learned to do this by making clicking sounds, and he would ride his bike full speed on these mountain trails. And, and he said, well, it's just if I fine-tune and I listen close enough, it all becomes clear. And that got me thinking, is that not a lot like what we need to do? Isn't that how tuned in we should be to the voice of God in our lives? Just like a deaf, uh, a, a blind man on a mountain bike uh, that's able to see around the next bend just because of that sound, we should be able to know what's coming around the next bend because of God leading us by his still small voice. Don't turn there, but in 1 Kings 19 verse 12, God speaks in a, in a still small voice. Uh, some versions of scripture call it a gentle whisper. In other passages, describes his voice as thunder. In John 10, 14, 
Uh, and John 10, 27, it says, I am the good shepherd. Then below it says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Why don't we hear the voice of our shepherd anymore? How come we're not following after him? Why don't we hear God speak to us anymore? I'm not saying that God's going to speak to us audibly. I heard a preacher, a youth pastor once say, if you hear God speaking to you during the night, it's probably because you ate too much pizza. So <laughs> that's probably true. I don't think God is going to choose to speak to us in an audible voice. He could, but I don't think he will. Why? Because he gives us revelation. He gave us the revelation of the world around us. Uh, so we've recently been on some hikes to see some waterfalls, and we've driven down the Blue Ridge Parkway, which we miss the mountains because of Florida. And when you look across that landscape and you see the beautiful design, that's God revealing himself to a lost world, that that design is there because there is a designer. When we look at DNA and we see how complex the human body is, that's God speaking to a lost world, showing that there is a designer. And then, of course, there's the, the specific revelation, God's word. He, le he left of his, his word, and so this is how God chooses to speak to us today, but, uh, through, the, through the Holy Spirit and through the reading of his word. But like David Kish on the bike, we should be so attuned to the sound of God's voice through his word, through the revelation of what we see around us in the world, that we should be able to navigate life. We should be able to function in this dark world because of, of what he's doing, because of how he's leading us. But I'm afraid that the average Christian is not attuned enough to even hear God speak. We don't hear people being called to the mission field anymore because we're not listening anymore. Uh, and so we need to be careful. Down at EBI, when I came there, there was a huge learning curve. There was all these things I needed to learn. And they have these procedure manuals, actually eight of them. And they have all these steps of how we do different things. And so I was learning all these things. Some retired ladies were teaching me a lot of the things. Uh, for example, when we produce a book, there's 65 steps to go through the editing process alone. So it's a huge project to learn the editing process of books. It's a, a huge process to learn the accounting system and how we do our billing and how we pay our bills and receive funds and so forth. And, and so there's all these things I had to learn. And so I kept going and I would be working in my office on a project and then I would say, I don't know how to do this. And I'd go downstairs and I'd ask Bernie, the oldest employee there, Bernie, how do you do this? And she said, John, remember, it's in the procedure manual. And I would be like, oh, okay, so I, you're right. I'd go get the procedure manual. I'd say every day for my first two years, Bernie would say to me, John, remember, it's in the procedure manual. You see, in a sense, that's what we need to do as Christians. We come into a crisis in our life and we think, how am I going to handle this? It's kind of like Bernie saying to me, go to the procedure manual. But do we do that? Most of the time we don't. What we do is we try to solve it our own way. If it's a financial crisis, instead of praying, instead of looking for biblical ways to handle that financial problem, we try to handle it on our own. If we have a, a family problem or a, a, a marital problem or a, an argument between people, we try in our own strength to settle those problems instead of going to the advice, the owner's manual, the procedure manual that God left for us, his word. And so our goal probably shouldn't be to hear the audible voice of God, but our ears, our life should be so attuned to God that we hear from him every single day.
But just like my dad for so many years, I think many of us are hard of hearing. Hearing aids won't fix it, but we need to be spiritually attuning ourselves to God. We're spiritually deaf. Uh, we ritually read our Bibles. Maybe we pray every day. Maybe we read our Bible every day. We look uh, and we love the good old Bible stories and we love to hear good preaching and we're inspired by our favorite pro uh, proverb or a favorite psalm. Uh, but we're spiritually deaf as if God's not even speaking to us anymore. And we might not even realize what we're missing out on. You know, there's so much noise in our lives. There's so much activity. Literally, we're surrounded by noise. There's always TVs on. There's always music blaring. There's always loud cars going by. Uh, sometimes it's hard to concentrate. And if you think about it, Scripture, what does it do? It encourages us to go back and to be still and know that I am God. And so often we are so busy and we have so much noise and so much around us. You know, these lovely little devices that we carry in our hands are so helpful to us and we put, they're supposed to save us time. And you know what? It's very convicting to me. I don't know about you, but every Sunday morning I get a report on my phone that shows my weekly activity. I hate that report. I, have it, I, have, I need to learn to turn it off because what it does is it shows me how much time on a daily basis I have spent on this dumb little device. And we carry these devices and we are slaves to these little devices. And yes, they're supposed to help us. We could read our Bible on them. We could write notes to encourage people. But a lot of times we waste time on them. And so there's so many things around us that are distracting us, that are keeping us from being attuned and listening to God. All this noise around us, worldly distractions. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 tells us, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not into thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Have we tuned our ears to him? Have we tuned our hearts to God? Have we looked at his word? Are we listening? Is God not calling people, or is it that nobody is listening? So now what I want us to do is we kind of laid this introduction, this idea that God is still talking, but we just don't hear. And I want us to kind of consider a passage of Scripture. I love parables because they're kind of like object lessons. This morning we looked at John chapter 4 in Sunday school, which is in a sense a type of object lesson talking about the water of life. Well, here we're going to look at something you know very well and talking about the sower and the seed. Look with me, and I'm going to read really fast, starting in verse 1 of chapter 13, Matthew 13, 1. The same day when Jesus uh, went Jesus out of the house and sat by the seaside, and great multitudes were gathered together unto him, so that he went into a ship and sat. And the whole multitude stood on the shore. And he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. And when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell upon stony places when they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprung up, because they had no deepness of earth. And then the sun was up, and they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. But others fell into good ground, and brought forth fruit, some an hundredfold, and some sixtyfold, and some thirtyfold. Who hath ears, let him hear. Verse 10. And the disciples came and said unto him, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? And he answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know the mystery, because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. For whosoever hath to him shall be given, 
and he shall have more abundance. But whosoever hath not, from him shall be taken away, even that he hath. Verse 13. Therefore speak I to them in parables, because they are seeing, they seeing, see not. And hearing, they hear not, and neither do they understand. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which saith, By hearing ye shall hear, and shall not understand, and seeing ye shall see, and shall not perceive. For this people's heart is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and should understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For verily I say unto you, that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see these things, those things which ye see, and have not seen them, and to hear those things which ye hear, and have not heard them. Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. When any one heareth the word of the kingdom, and understandeth not, then cometh the wicked one, and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which received seed by the wayside. But he that received the seed into stony place is the same as he that heareth the word, and anon with joy receiveth it. Yet hath he not root in himself, but dureth for a while. For when tribulation or persecution ariseth because of the word, by and by he is offended. He also that receives seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word and the care of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and he becometh unfruitful. But he that receiveth seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth it, which also beareth fruit and bringeth forth some an hundred, some sixty, and some thirty. Now, I think it's an interesting passage of scripture. You've heard it. You know the story, that concept of those four different kinds of ground. They all have seeds uh, scattered on them and you get four different results. And that's kind of a, a symbolism. It's an object lesson that Christ is using to help these people to understand. And interestingly enough, some of the disciples, his followers, are like, why are you teaching them parables? It'd be almost like somebody going to the pastor and saying, why are you using those simple illustrations? Why don't you teach something more profound? And Jesus is saying, well, some people, they can't hear it. They don't understand it, so I have to speak on their level, and I have to help them understand, and, and some need to hear. But I think it's interesting. I looked through this. Nineteen times in that passage that we just read, Christ says, hear listen or tune your ears 19 times so as i stand before you today and i introduce this concept of us no longer hearing this is a vital passage because christ here is saying hear listen tune your ears now you all know the story you know the parable uh, first we see that some seed that fell alongside the path it was trampled and, and the birds ate it up nothing ever became of it then we see the seed that fell on the rocky ground uh, there wasn't a lot of soil there. It kind of, it sprouted in that rich, thin little layer of soil. But then what happened? The sun came out, it was baked, and it just, it died. There was no deep roots, nothing to help it on a hot day. Then we see those seeds that sprang up among those weeds. And those uh, thorns that were there in the weeds choked them out. And, and then they weren't able to grow to their full potential. They were just kind of there. And then finally, we see those seeds that made it into that rich soil, that good soil. What did they do? They had deep roots, and they had profound roots, and they began to produce a lot of fruit. And so I want you to remember this parable as it's kind of like an, as we know parables are, it's an earthly story uh, with a heavenly meaning, this, this great object lesson. If the, if the par in this parable, the seeds are basically like the word of God. 
the preaching of the Word of God, the truth that we hear at church and we read from God's Word. And just like a seed, that scripture is planted in people's lives and people tend to hear it or they choose not to listen. Scripture shows us that the Word of God is powerful and living over in Hebrews. I think it's chapter 4 and verse 12, maybe somewhere in chapter 4. Um, uh, you ever heard somebody use the expression, let me plant this idea in your mind. The idea is that we have something interesting. Maybe a business person wants somebody to hear something, and they've got a great idea for their business. They say, let me plant this little seed in your mind. They're talking to an investor. When the same way God's word, when we read it, is like planting a little seed in our mind. But what type of soil are we? What are we doing? Do we hear from God? And these different types of soil that we see here kind of represent the different types of minds and the different ways that people receive the word. And unfortunately, just like we read in this passage of scripture, we're going to see that not every seed produces fruit. Some of them will. Uh, it might be disappointing to us as preachers or missionaries, but because it looks like, according to this passage, only about 25% of the time that seeds are scattered do they actually grow and turn into something. So when, we, when you support a missionary in a place where it seems like there's very little results, remember these, these seeds and these soils because a lot of times there's not a lot of growth. But there was this great multitude of people that followed Jesus, but sadly most of them really didn't understand. They didn't grow. They didn't understand. They didn't produce fruit. And so as we look at this passage and we think about how we don't hear people going into missions, I want us to see what this says for us today. And I think there's some voices, some voices that drown out God so we don't hear him. The first one I noted down was Satan. Satan. Just like the birds that snatched up the seeds, Satan is at work in our world. And so uh, there's evil in this world. There's this voice that distracts us from, from God and tempts us. Uh, John chapter 10 and verse 10 says, The thief cometh not but to steal and to kill and to destroy. That's Satan. And he's a voice in the world for us. Now, how is, how is Satan described? Wasn't he described as an angel of light? And so the world is so very appealing. And so there's all kinds of things that distract us, one of which is Satan. And so we think, oh, you know, is Satan coming to us with his, his red uh, face and his mean horns and his tail and his pitchfork? No, he's going to appear appealing and interesting and good. And sometimes that's going to be a voice that distracts, uh, or distracts us. First Peter 5.8 says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil is as a roaring lion walking about, seeking whom he may devour. So we need to be careful because one of the voices that's going to drown out us from hearing God is Satan or the world around us. Perhaps another one, kind of like the scorching sun on the rocky soil, another voice that describes, uh, distracts us is self. We all have a sin nature. Paul calls it the old man or the old flesh. And Paul talks about how he had to, to take off the old and put on the new man in Christ. Well, we naturally think of ourselves. We're all self-centered. We all want what's best for us. And our nature tries to starve out uh, the seeds of God's voice because we don't want to share. We don't want to give up anything. We want to be in control of our own life. And so not only is Satan a voice, but ourself is. 
Galatians 5.17 tells us, For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary the one to another, so that you cannot do the things that you would. Our sin nature, often, ourself, is a voice that drowns out and keeps us from hearing the voice of God. Another one, kind of like the thorns that choke out the seed, is our society. The society around us is choking out the voice of God, that voice of the world. We should notice that our mindset as Christians, our worldview as Christians, is very, very different than the world around us. I find it interesting that here we have, the, in this world, uh, the opinion of Christians is almost always in conflict or contrary to what the mainstream media or what the world says. So have you noticed now, as Christians, and I don't want to take a lot of time on this, but have you noticed since the Roe versus Wade decision was overturned, I've actually seen signs where people say, you know, Christians are, are hateful or, or, you know, show love, don't be like a Christian and this type of thing. Because our worldview is the opposite now. They, they see us as being hateful and wrong, and our society is totally in conflict with what Christianity stands for. And scripture says this, 1 John 2 says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, um, uh, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. If we aren't careful, we're going to become just like the world around us. And it's easy for the world to drown us out and to just to cause us and we won't be like the image of Christ. So instead of seeing our voices listening to ourselves, listening to society, listening to Satan, who should we be listening to? We should be listening to our Savior. We need to be listening to the words of Christ. We need to be looking at God's word. Uh, we need to be making sure that we can hear him. I remember when my girls were younger, uh, I would tease them and I, I would be on the couch and I would want a little snuggle time or a little hug and I would say like, and they'd say, what? I'd say, come here, I want to show you something. Come here. And then they'd come over closer and I'd grab them and say, oh, I just wanted a hug or something like that. And I would whisper in this little voice. Well, isn't it interesting? I heard somebody say, why is it that God speaks to us in a still, small voice? Uh, and this person suggested because he wants us to come closer to him to hear him. In the same way that I want my daughters to come up and to snuggle or give me a hug and I whisper to get them to come over to me, maybe that's why God doesn't use a booming voice and yell at us. He wants us to come to him and to recognize him and to have a relationship with him. And that's why he speaks to us in that still, small voice. Romans ten seventeen says, Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Uh, here in this passage, it says, Who he that hath ears, let him hear. In Mark chapter 4, he says, Take heed what you hear. In Luke chapter 8, he says, Take heed how you hear. And so as I've studied for this today, as I've meditated on this, I've, I've been convicted because I see how easy it is for me to have the voice of God drowned out by all this other noise in the world. It's so easy for us to spend an extra couple of minutes looking on Facebook or catching up on social media or reading the news. It's so easy to do that and not take that extra few minutes to, to be in God's word. And I've been convicted by that. And so as we review through this passage of scripture, we see those type of voices. I, I, I see some problems. And, and I want to finish with this. 
What type of problems are there? Well, verse 4, it says, And when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. I call that the hardened person. Is that us? The hardened person. Just like a trampled footpath over time, some people reject the gospel, they reject the truth of God's word so much that it can no longer penetrate their hearts. They're not open to hearing anymore. It's like they've plugged their ears and they refuse to listen. It's like those seeds that fell on that tough ground. This could be the person that is so content with their lifestyle that they don't listen to God anymore. I've heard it said that sometimes one of the problems here in America is we don't have time for God because we have so many creature comforts. Uh, people say, why is there revival in Peru? How come in South America it seems like churches are growing? Well, we have so much comfort here. We have lovely homes and we have nice air conditioning and we have nice things, which is not always a bad thing, but we live such comfortable lives that we feel like we don't need God anymore and it's hardened our hearts and so we don't listen to him and this is the person that's easily going to be taken away by temptations they're going to be uh, swayed by the teachings of the world and I believe that sadly this is a problem with most of the world they've hardened their hearts to God look at verse 5 it says some fell into stony places where they had uh, not much earth and forthwith they sprang up because they had no deepness of earth and when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. I'd call that the shallow person. The shallow person. This could be the person that heard a powerful message. They jumped up to make a decision, but they didn't really understand the gospel. They didn't really understand from God's word. This is the person that doesn't stay with their faith. They don't stay committed. They're not faithful to the church. And this is the person that springs up, and as soon as a trial comes, they wither away, and they're gone. You've probably known people like that. They're excited for a moment, and then they're gone. They don't hear the voice of God. Verse 7 kind of gives me the next person. It says, And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up, and they choked them out. I'd call that the distracted person or the deceived person. Uh, their, heart that is, uh, their, their heart is there, and they love the material things of the world too much. They're depending on their riches. They're depending on successes. They're uh, depending on pleasures to get fulfillment in life. Have you ever heard of a C&E Christian? That's what we used to call them, a C&E Christian. That means they're a, Christian, a, a Christmas and Easter Christian. They only show up to church for Christmas and Easter. And they say, oh, yes, I'm a Christian. I go to church. Uh, that would be the deceived person. They think that everything is okay in their spiritual life. Uh, it's so awkward to me when this happens. Have you ever been and you talk to somebody, you want to invite them to church. You want to witness to them. And you say, hey, have you, uh, do, you, do you folks go to church anywhere? And they answer and say, oh, yes, I go to church. And you're like, well, where do you go? And they go, uh, um, First Baptist. Yeah, I go to First Baptist. And you're like, great. Who's preaching down there now? Uh, well, I, you know, I can't remember his name. <laughs> and so they, they don't really go to church. And they just go on special occasions. And they're deceived, thinking that everything is okay. They think they're going to be able to work their way to heaven. Or they think that they've made a, a superficial decision. But then we see in verse 8, the kind of person that I hope each of you are, the hope that we are. It says, but other fell into good ground. And, the, and they brought forth fruit, some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, and some thirtyfold. I would call that the faithful person, or maybe the fruitful person. They produce the fruit because they hear from God. They learn from His Word. They live in obedience. They produce fruit, and this is the type of soil that God desires for all of us. So ask us, what type of soil are we? 
It's easy for me, it's easy for all of us to stand up and say, why is God not calling people to the mission field? How come on every missionary that comes, they say they need more help, they're praying for more laborers. How come they're not? Uh, scripture reminds us, he that hath ears, let him hear. And then John chapter 15, verse 8 says, tells, by this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. Remember at the beginning I gave you that example of David Kish, the man that was blind, that could ride a bicycle just by making clicking noises? He had tuned his ears so well to that sound. It was almost like a bat that sends out sonar. He had tuned his ears so well that he said he could see just by hearing. Wouldn't it be wonderful if each of us was so attuned to God, the Holy Spirit, His Word, that we knew the directions we should take each day? Just like that blind man riding a bike on a curvy road. We have curves in our life. We have issues. We have thorns in our path. We have rocks in the way that cause us bumps in the road. And yet, is it because we're not attuned to God that we don't hear him anymore? Some of you are very, very faithful. You've been a member of this church for a very, very long time. And I just want to encourage you. Look at this passage of scripture. I think all of us uh, have things that are are causing us to not hear from God like we could. Let's pray. Thank you for listening to this message from New Grace Baptist Church. For more information about New Grace, check out our website at www.reachingroanoke.com.